Simple Mom Boss Podcast. We are on episode seven today. I'm so glad that you keep joining me every week and I just can't say enough for all of the support that I've received so far in, in building this journey. So I got a lot of good feedback on the kickstarting your 2022 money goals episode. So I wanted to just continue talking about money and we're going to be talking about just figuring out a budgeting system that works for you and that is sustainable. So this episode, it really builds off of episode three, how to kickstart your 2022 money goals. So if you haven't taken a listen to that episode yet, I highly suggest that you go ahead and check it out before continuing this episode. You can pause this episode and then go to episode three and then come back to this episode as you start working through building your money management system. It really sets the foundation on where to start when you're getting ready to start being intentional with your money and you don't really know where you should start, that episode really dives into that. But on today's episode, we're going to be talking about how to establish a realistic budget that aligns with your goals and also balances the lifestyle you desire. So let's get started. Okay, I have to say this and I am not fussing at all. I just want to make sure that this really hits home for you. You really don't have time to prolong or put off creating a money system for yourself. I'm not trying to create a sense of overwhelm for you right now, but I just want you to understand the urgency around locking down your money management. It's so important to do this and start moving in a way that allows you to invest. And the reason why is the concept of what we call time value of money in the finance world. And this concept is basically, it takes time for money to grow. And that a dollar today in your hands, in your ownership is worth far more than if someone gave you a dollar tomorrow. The reason why is that if I get that dollar today, I can invest it and I'm going to get a return on that investment. So what I mean is that if I invest that $1 into an investment product that yields or earn, let's say 8%. The reason why I'm using that estimate is that if we look back at the market over the last 100 years or so, the market yielded around like 10% over time. Like obviously there's dips and movements and peaks and valleys and all of that. But that's kind of where I'm kind of throwing out this 8% number to be conservative so that we can have an estimate for that just to give you an example. So we got one dollar today, right? We invest it into something that gives us an 8% return over a certain time period. So let's say I had a dollar at the beginning of the month. Now the beginning of the next month, I have a dollar and eight cents because I got an 8% return on that dollar. But if I don't have that dollar today, I can't invest it. So I can't make that additional 8% or whatever else the yield is. And so that's why it's so important that you start now because it takes time for money to grow and you need that money now to be able to invest it and to build wealth for yourself. Okay, so there's another foundational concept that I need you to understand, which is compound interest. So let's build off of the the eight cents that we made example. We made eight cents off of that dollar, right? Because we invested it and we had it today. So now, instead of only having a dollar, let's say I put that dollar in my checking account and my checking account earns no interest. A month from now, I'm still just gonna have a dollar. But because I invested it, I have a dollar and eight cents. And so you can imagine, you know, the more that you start off with, the more of your 
initial investment and then that investment over time, the more your money can grow, right? Okay, so the money I made off of that initial $1 was eight cents. Because of compound interest, it means that I can now invest that eight cents. So I made eight cents and now I can make more money off of the eight cents that I made from that initial investment. And that's gonna go on so on and so on if I keep reinvesting it. That's gonna yield me more and more money And so the sooner I start investing, the more money I can make over time through continued investments, as well as the gains I'm getting from the interest income I'm making off those investments. So that's why it's so important to start now. And I'll go into in some other episodes more about investing. But I hear a lot of people say they're like, I want to start investing. I want to learn more about investing. One of the best places to start investing is through your retirement account, through your job. Most jobs offer a 401k. Now they're getting a little more complex too, where they're offering pre-tax 401ks and post-tax 401ks through different investment vehicles. So you can start exploring that. That's investing. If you're diverting income every month or every paycheck into a retirement account, you're investing. So that retirement account, depending on how you have it allocated, is earning money each month. And then the the money that you earn is also being reinvested to earn more money in addition to those monthly allocations that are being taken out of your paycheck. So I had to put a little plug in there real quickly about why it's important to make sure you start investing in your retirement accounts. And if you don't have access to that through your job, you can also open up an individual retirement account through a financial company. You'll just want to do your research and make sure that it fits in line with your goals and that there aren't any crazy or outrageous fees. Okay, so let's continue on. You may have heard of like some different examples. I think there's these are kind of popular on social media if you follow any like personal finance people. They'll basically give you an example of where, okay, you have a guy or a gal who they're 25 years old and they start investing $300 a month and you assume this interest rate, let's assume again of 8%. So by the time they're 50, they have however amount of money they have. Let's say by the time they're 50, they have a million dollars. But then you had somebody who started 10 years later. They started at 35 and they were even investing a little bit more than the person who was starting to invest at 25. But the amount of money that they have at the same age at 50 is drastically different because of the fact that the person who started investing at 25 had more time on their hands. So that's why I keep driving in this concept of you've got to narrow down, you've got to nail down your money management system now so that you can free up cash flow to be invested in order to build wealth and create the financial position that you want to be in. Okay, so enough about why it's important to lock down this money management thing. Let's get into the tactical steps for setting up a budget. Okay, so on episode three, we talked about going through all of your bank account and credit card transactions to identify where all your money is going and then make an assessment of what you need to probably scale back on or adjust. So just as a reminder, I use a simple Excel spreadsheet to do my budget. I'm a little too frugal right now to pay for a budgeting software and I enjoy doing it myself. But if this is something that you're willing to pay for, it might be worth it for you to do so. There is one software system that I've heard a lot of good things about. It's called YNAB and I'll link it to the show notes. They give you a a free trial for so many days and you can explore that. But I believe after the trial, there's a monthly fee associated. So one little segue there. I said I'm too frugal to pay for that right now, but 
Say, for example, the fee is like $15 a month. If paying that $15 a month for that budgeting software helps you to stick to your budget, which helps you to, let's say now you're saving $500 more a month because of it, it's clearly worth the investment of $15 a month to help keep you organized because now you're bringing in or you're able to retain an additional $500 a month out of your income to now invest in. So that's worth it, right? Okay, so back to the budgeting concept. So in episode three, we figured out what our monthly take-home pay was. So now we are going to allocate an assignment for every single dollar from that total monthly take-home pay because we want to be intentional about every dollar that comes through our business. And y'all know I say that you gotta treat yourself like a business. So when I say business, I'm talking about you. I'm talking about you as an entity. Okay, so one mindset shift as we start allocating and we start being intentional about our money is that if you haven't made this mindset shift already, I don't want you to think of budgeting as being restrictive. I want you to replace that thought with budgeting, creating the freedom for you to actually allocate your money to the necessities, but also allows you to allocate your discretionary income, which is the money you have left over after all of your essentials to building wealth and the things and experiences that bring you joy. Also, I've shared before, one of my long-term goals is to achieve financial independence, which basically means that I will have so much built up in my wealth through assets, investments, that that's going to generate enough income for me through returns, through interest, income returns, to be able to support my lifestyle, right? So the budget is a tool for me to achieve that particular freedom. So don't think of it as being restrictive, but think of it as an opportunity to really achieve your financial goals and also live a lifestyle that you truly want to live that brings you joy. Okay, so we got our spreadsheet or you can have your pen and paper. I like to start with the essentials. Um, for obvious reasons, because those are not optional. I don't really have a lot of room to adjust those items. And I want you to really think through this as actual essentials. So I know that sometimes we feel like some things that are not really essentials are essentials for us. Like maybe you feel like getting your nails done is essential. And then like for me, I feel like my gym membership is essential, but technically it's not. Technically those things are not necessary for me to live and be able to keep my job and to keep my income coming, right? Okay, so you can use the assessment that you did on your bank account and any other accounts that you purchase anything on or pay bills out of to establish numbers for each line item in your budget. So for essentials, we wanna list out things like housing, this is your mortgage or your rent, um, any expenses that are, required associated with that. If you own a home, you may have homeowners association fees and then your mortgage, either it may include your insurance and your taxes or maybe that's split out. So all of those necessary housing expenses that are musts need to be considered an essential, right? Then you have your other essentials like your electricity, your water, your other utilities. Then you have your daycare like I do um, for my kids. That's an essential for me. I have to have them go somewhere so that I can work and create an income. You have your car payment, your gas for your vehicles. Maybe you have diapers like I do. I have to have, not for myself, but I have to have diapers for my my two-year-old. And then you have things like medical copay. So these are expenses that are a must, right? In order to live and support our careers. Once we've identified all of those items, 
we're gonna add up all the essentials and get that total. So now we can see what we're working with. Okay, so let's say our total monthly income is 5,000 and our essentials came out to 3,000. So now you have $2,000 that you need to strategically direct towards other items. So that's gonna help us flesh out the rest of our budget. So I strongly believe that your financial goals really should drive the allocation of this additional money, which technically it's called discretionary income. And we have 2000 of that to work with in this example. So I'm going to walk through an example of breaking down the $2,000 so you can get an idea. Okay, so let's say I have a goal of investing $500 a month in the stock market. So I'm gonna put a line item on my spreadsheet for investing, and that's gonna be for $500. So now I'm working with 1,500. I had 2,000, I'm investing 500, and now I'm down to 1,500. Maybe I'm working on building an emergency fund that I wanna have to cover any emergencies over three months. And I wanna allocate $500 a month to that. Okay, so now I'm at $1,000. So for me personally, wellness is really important to me. And so maybe you have a monthly gym membership fee. Maybe your total gym fees are $50 a month. So after all of those few items, now I'm working with $950. You may wanna think about what your debt payoff goals are. Maybe you wanna pay off your debt more aggressively, which is something that I did on the beginning of my financial journey and budgeting journey. So you can have a line item for additional debt payoff and you'll allocate an amount to that. Then you're going to continue to allocate the rest of the remaining money to other budget items. You're gonna do this until you get down to $0. Remember to really leverage your initial bank account statement assessment to kind of help you remember all of the budget line items. We don't wanna leave anything off. And if you do end up leaving something off, that's okay. This is a learning process, right? So then the next month, you'll make sure that you include some of those budget line items that you may have inadvertently left off. So we talked about this a little bit early, but it's really important to think through what are the things and experiences that keep you healthy and bring you joy and meet your financial goals, and then prioritizing those experiences in a way that fits within your budget. So let's say I have five non-essential, quote unquote, things that I like to do. They all cost money, there is an expense associated with them, but maybe my budget can only fit three of those items per month. So what I'm gonna do is really try to gain clarity and think through what are my top three items that cost money that are non-essential that are really important to me and they really improve my quality of life. So maybe I just do those three things one month and then maybe I rotate the other items during other months of the year, depending on how important they are to me. Okay, so we said we're gonna make sure we use up every dollar to have what we call a $0 budget. Every dollar is accounted for. Okay, so another thing I wanted to mention is to really understand the opportunity cost of being intentional about how much you're spending and what that means for your short and long-term wealth building goals. So I think I've talked about this a little bit before, but say you found out you were spending $500 a month on like skincare and beauty products and all these other things. And you were like, okay, I know it's probably unrealistic, right? For me to cut that out completely cold turkey maybe. So instead of $500 a month on that, I'm gonna spend 300. So now I have $200 that's freed up, I can now go invest into the market and make more money off of, especially over time. 
versus that monthly instant gratification of feeling like I have all the beauty products I want and whatever emotions that come along with that. But if I don't do that, I'm missing out on the opportunity cost of investing that $200. But by making a decision to make an adjustment on a line item that is a non-essential, I'm opening up more opportunities to build up my wealth and my financial position. So let's say you outline your budget, um, you get all your budget line items on your spreadsheet, everything is zeroed out, but then you come to a place where your expenses are more than or exceed your actual take-home pay. So all of the expenses that you've listed out, they exceed your income. So there's a few things you'll want to do and consider. First, like we talked about a little bit earlier, just really go through each line item and think about whether or not it's truly a necessity. And does it truly bring you joy or is it filling up an emotional hole you have by bringing you some temporary joy or pleasure? Maybe you can adjust the line items. Maybe you can adjust the amounts like we talked about earlier with the beauty products. I also suggest that you take initiative to shop around for services. Like I take time when I'm moving and I I need to get a new internet service. I'm gonna shop around. I'm gonna balance quality and I'm going to balance cost. And I'm not going to just take the first offer that I get or the first service that I find, right? And then something that I also wish I would have been doing more recently, which I just found out about, even though it seems so simple, is start reaching out to your vendors that provide your services to negotiate expenses with companies. For example, a couple of months ago, I reached out to my cell phone company because I needed to travel internationally and I didn't want to pay all these crazy fees. So I was like, hey, can you sign me up for the temporary expense of being international? And they were like, oh, well, you know, you're actually eligible for a completely different service that would be like $25 a month cheaper and you actually get more benefits. So I would get all of the same services I had before in addition to more benefit. And had I not called in, I would have never known that. So now that frees up 25 more dollars for me that I can invest. But for you, if you're in a situation where your expenses are exceeding your income, it can get you into an alignment with making sure you're balanced between your income and your expenses. And you can do that with all of the different companies with your internet, gas, like just try. Like there's no... There's, there's no downside, I mean, other than them telling you no, but you're not losing anything. Um, and then if you don't try, then you'll never know, right? So the other side of the equation is your income, right? So you can try to figure out ways to increase your income. So one long-term approach I have is with my career. I'm always thinking about how can I advance to the next level and increase my nine to five income. And I also just started slowly learning how to invest in the stock market, which also generates income this is no easy feat. I would say there's a ton to learn, even having a finance background. So I would not recommend just jumping into this without really learning the system and the way it works and understanding all of the risks that are involved. But it's just an example of something that I've been tapping into recently and learning about so that I can increase my cash flow and my income. I mean, there's obviously other ways. Some people do part-time jobs. Some people try to become a virtual assistant on the side. I mean, just think about different ways that you can increase your income. So you set your budget, you've adjusted what you've needed to, and now you feel empowered and ready to go. Well, now you need a system to make sure you actually stick to your budget. So what I suggest doing is because we're treating ourselves like a business, right? Just like you allocate time for meetings at work, you're going to allocate times for a meeting with yourself or your spouse to block off time. So we're going to use time blocking for 30 minutes per week to monitor how things are going. So you're going to do a check-in. 
So, you know, you have your numbers established and you're seeing at week one, I've spent this amount of money on food. Does that line up with meeting your goal for the rest of the month? Do you need to scale back? Are you in alignment with where you said you wanted to be with that budget line item? That's going to give you the time to really assess that and help you to stick to your goals. And then this also gives you time to make any bill payment. So as a busy mom, and I talked about this before, I was getting like wrapped up into the overwhelm of motherhood. I was forgetting to pay bills on time, y'all paying late fees and everything. (laughs) So embarrassing. So what I do now with that time that I carve out, I pull up my spreadsheet, I look at what bills are due, I make the bill payment during this allocated time, and I jot down on the column next to the budgeted line item amount how much the actual bill was, and then I also put the confirmation number down next to that for the bill payment that I just made. Now, if you can work it into your budget, I talked about that software system that you may want to use. And it may work for you, it may not, but if it's something you wanna try out, you can check it out. But just as a reminder there, that might help this process be a little bit more smoother for you if you're willing to pay that monthly fee for that. So I wanna talk about a technique that some people use in order to make sure that they are actually achieving those budget number goals. It's called the cash envelope system. I personally really like this method, especially for those budget items that you are finding you are exceeding. So for me, I prefer to pay my bills through like online without using cash because I mean, those are pretty much set. They're not gonna change normally. But for for me, I need to use the envelope system when it comes to eating out. So what you do for any budget item that you wanna use the cash envelope system for, just go to the ATM, go to the bank, you withdraw that amount of money that you budgeted for that item. And for me, that's eating out definitely. So I, you know, if I say I'm gonna spend $500 this month on eating out, I'm gonna withdraw $500 from my bank account. I'm gonna put it in an envelope. And once that money is gone for eating out, there's no more eating out. So that's basically a way to put a control in place to help you stick to your goal, especially for those items that you're finding that you're exceeding when you're just trying to swipe your debit card alone. So we've gone over how to build your budget and how to monitor and make sure that you're sticking to your budget. I want to talk about a few techniques that you may also find helpful as you are on this journey. So we talked about like mindset a little bit in the previous money episode, and there's this concept that's pretty known in the personal finance space. It's called a no spend challenge and you can set the timeline for however long you want. But if you're new to this, I would suggest like doing something like a week at first. So you have a week where you don't spend any money on any non-essential item. So if it is not an essential, you do not spend money on that. I think what it really helps to do is help you gain some clarity around the emotions that you have tied to money, why you spend the money you do, and it makes you a much more mindful spender. You really start exploring like these urges to buy things and and then you start thinking about why do I have this urge to buy things and it really helps you do some insightful reflection on those decisions and, and on those desires and really think about why you spend money the way that you do. So if you try this at all, please reach out to me and let me know how it goes. I would love to hear about it. The other thing I wanted to mention as you're pulling this all together is just remember this is a living and breathing budget. It's going to change as you go through different seasons of life and you'll need to make adjustments along the way, right? So for me personally, I'm really grateful for budgeting because what it empowered me to do and allowed me to do was to start making sure I was intentional about building wealth for my family. It also really was an important tool that helped me pay off all my debt before I was 30. And I'll share that 
debt payoff journey in another episode. And then it also just still allows me, like I said earlier, to live a lifestyle that I still enjoy and love that isn't overly restrictive. It's intentional and creates that freedom. Okay, I have to talk about this last concept as we wrap everything up and that's regarding retirement accounts. Okay, so I don't include this in my budget because I budget based on my take-home pay. But one major change I've made with my money in the last year is that I put the maximum amount I can each year in my 401k and other retirement accounts. So for example, the annual limit for 2022 is $20,500. So I've spread that out over all my pay periods for the year to make sure I reach that number. So I'm basically investing without even thinking about it. And a lot of times what we'll do when we're budgeting is that we'll think about everything we need, everything we want to do, and then we'll use what's left over to invest and save. And I want you to flip that approach and prioritize investing and then working with what's left over. I honestly wish I had started maxing out the allowable contributions when I first was offered a retirement account through my job. I really wish I was because I would my um, my retirement numbers would look a lot different right now. But like I said before, it's never too late to uplevel your money management and there's just no room for shame on this journey. There's also tax benefits associated with investing in your retirement accounts and you know, we'll dig further into investing into your retirement accounts on another episode, but I just wanted to really drive home that point of flipping what a lot of us tend to think about when we budget. We look at everything we need to pay for and then we're like, okay, let's save and invest the rest. But really flip that. What do I need to invest and save? And then building and managing my expenses around that so that I'm prioritizing wealth building over these non-essential items. The other thing I'll say too is Be realistic with your expenses when you're getting to establish those. Like think about when you're buying a home, can you truly afford that? Think about when you're buying a car, can I truly afford that vehicle? Can I truly afford that car payment? Before you go make any significant purchase, see if that fits into your budget. Again, after prioritizing investing and saving. So one of the other things I wanna mention with your retirement accounts too is that I noticed that not everybody was aware of this, but a lot of companies, they'll match up to a certain percentage of your income. So let's say your company matches 5%. You need to make sure that you're at least contributing 5% of your income because your company is going to give you that money basically for free. It's part of your compensation package, right? So if 5% of my income is $500 a month, then my agency or my company is gonna give me another $500 a month to invest into my retirement account that's going to earn interest. It's gonna benefit from that concept we talked about earlier, compound interest. And over time, that's just gonna snowball your investment and retirement accounts into a larger and larger number. So don't leave any money on the table and make sure you're at least contributing what your company is willing to match. I really hope that this budgeting episode was helpful to you and that it'll be a good tool and resource for you in your money management journey. If you have any other topics that you'd like me to address when it comes to managing your money, please just reach out. You can DM me. I'm on Instagram at Stacey Michelle McCray. And then if you are a mama who is on this journey to trying to manage your household expenses and your finances and just trying to manage all the things that motherhood entails, I would encourage 
encourage you to join my Facebook community, Faithful Mom Boss, where we are creating community there and just also sharing resources for moms as well too. And if you're enjoying the podcast, I highly recommend that you go ahead and subscribe so that you don't miss any new episodes whenever they come out. And if you get a chance, please leave a review on the podcast so that more moms can get access to all of this information. I appreciate you hanging out with me again this week and I'll see you next week.